Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Brownie Points. I'm Dan. I'm Nick. And this is the podcast where a guy with a film degree and a guy who knows how to work a DVD player talk to you about movies. This week, Nick and I went to the theaters to see which film? Detective Pikachu. Then we got into the time machine, went to 1971, and watched the Stanley Kubrick film A Clockwork Orange. All of that on this week's episode of Brownie Points. All right, guys, this week for Nick and my editorial segment, we are going to do another edition of Trailer Talk. This week, Nick and I have two trailers that came out this week that we have some opinions on. The first, Spider-Man Far From Home. We already had a first teaser trailer, uh, but then this week, (laughs) the spoiler embargo got lifted, uh, at least on social media, for uh, Avengers Endgame, which... So, just a heads up, we're going to talk about spoilers from that movie, so... Well, you're warned. Yeah, well, I mean, the trailer. This trailer starts with Tom Holland even saying like, "Hey, this spoils Endgame," because uh, we kind of have to. Uh, so if you haven't seen it yet, just don't watch this trailer. They, they reveal an insane amount of stuff for the movie now that Endgame's out. Because it's funny, you know, before Endgame. And sorry for cutting you off. I just really want to talk about this trailer. I love it. Um, yeah, no, no, no. I. Spider-Man's like my favorite superhero other than Batman and it's the one that my fiance and I you know the first movie we ever watched was a Spider-Man movie we always we love the Spider-Man movies we watch pretty much any movie he's in when it comes out so um except for Spider-Verse because we were both busy at the time but wait hold um, on have you seen Spider-Verse yet no don't ruin it I want to see it so bad listeners I am shaking in my seat because that movie is amazing (laughs) I want to see it so bad Okay. Um, anyway, but it, anyway, um, it's it's kind of interesting because I remember the trailer before Endgame came out, and I remember like sitting there and I was like, okay, so it's just you know, he's he goes to Europe and uh, Spider and it's just Spider Man in Europe, which that's neat. That's interesting to see him outside of not only the New York but the United States. Um, I was like, that's interesting. I like that they got Mysterio to be the villain and all and all that. And then in this trailer, they're just like, oh, yeah, we're going to pretty much tell you what the point of the story is. Like, they reveal an insane amount. But also, dude, I'm going to cry in this movie because just the way they start the trailer is like, God, stop punching me in the gut, Marvel. Yeah, I my first thought was, oh, my God, we actually had a trailer before this. Like, I couldn't believe that we had a trailer that. That's a good job by that trailer team. That mar- to, whatever to... specific marketing team is working on this film, they did an amazing job in that first trailer, given That's... with how much more information is in this trailer. Well, well remember how everyone was like, oh, they ruined that Nick Fury and Spider-Man come back. It's like, honestly, I'm amazed that's the only thing they gave away. Yeah, well, in that first trailer, like, you guys didn't already just assume that he was getting his own other movie, but that's beside the point. Um, yeah. I'm... I love that um I love that we're going to start with Spider-Man now. Like I see like what they must have been thinking was okay, who would have been the most affected by this this death of Tony? Like well, however far back they had to have planned this in advance to make sure that Spider-Man had a movie, we had Infinity War, and then we had Endgame. 
and then we well, have Spider-Man up to the bat. Like, how can we the, sequ- the other... how can we have this come out in sequence for this huge arc for Tony and Peter because of that that father son dynamic they have, especially well, the now other... that Tony's dead. The other interesting thing is, um, you know, this is the first Spider-Man thing where they're like, we're not giving an origin story. He's already Spider-Man. We know you know this. Uh, Tony clearly is going to be the Uncle Ben to this Spider-Man. Yeah, abso- Uncle ben absolutely. Was never was never established in the other movies for this for this timeline. Yeah, but his father but hot, figure hot that he was. seeks out that dies uh, is Tony. So he is clearly going to be the Uncle Ben presence type thing. Yeah, which I think is a smart way to introduce that concept without doing like the same thing for the third time in less than 20 years well i hope he um i it's kind of odd to me i mean i'm i am excited for this film still um i'm not trying to be so critical about this but like um if this is going to evolve into him really just kind of being iron spider like if he ends up taking that moniker or if he just keeps calling himself spider-man and like the questions that would be raised between like why don't you always just wear the iron suit because it's so much better than your suit that just shoots webs and that's oh oh, no it's got the interface too in this other suit well there's there's certain like he throughout the comics he has different suits because there's one for like when he fights electro that reduces electromagnetic or electro things uh it's more insulated and grounded there's one uh, that was supposed to absorb more damage for the rhino. There's one. Uh, there's the venom suit, which is the symbiote, which enhances his strength. Um, okay, so I made. Okay, so this. His, so I made. His difference. His difference in suits really is uh, to counteract a villain. It's not like the iron. The iron spider suit was gonna was more mechanical and used for Infinity War. So he's gonna okay. go between suits he's not like like i said iron spider is a suit not the character okay so i'm making a problem that doesn't exist okay yes you need to calm down <laughs> well no you i was... need to dot you're at like an eight you need to go to a one <laughs> my well my wife brought sir this... i'm gonna have to ask you to dial it down sir i need to talk to your manager <laughs> um oh my... my god i didn't know you had that haircut well my <laughs> my wife brought up um are they trying to make him the new Iron Man? So in my mind, um, I told. I think that's Captain Marvel. Yeah, I, I I said that I don't think that he's going to be like that face of the franchise. But in terms of like, um, it's it's like you were saying, he's going to be the Uncle Ben to Spider Man. Like he's not going yeah. to be the new Iron Man. Even like Iron Man is gone. Like that identity is dead and buried with Tony. So. Yeah. In terms of who the next Iron Man is going to be, I think you're right, and I'm I'm pretty sure, like through some reading that I've done, like that it's supposed to be Captain Marvel as yeah. the new face. Yeah. Um, but no, like I like that. Um, also in this trailer, I love that Nick Fury is actually coming like back and having like a supporting role. I like that yeah. Colby Smolders is Colby actu- Smolders is back too. Yeah. She will, hopefully will actually get some screen time because she hasn't had any screen time outside of like Avengers, like to the best of my knowledge. I, or I don't remember if she was that much she, in, like, Ultron or... Um, she's one of those... Or no, she was in Winter Soldier, people, wasn't she? Like, like, her character... She's been... She's pretty much, if it's an Avengers movie, a Winter Soldier and Civil War were. But, um... Was she in Civil War? I think so. 
That's what I'm saying. Like outside of like Avengers, like she doesn't, Avengers she doesn't appear in like character standalone films. Yeah, she appears in like the ensemble film. Okay, yeah, but I mean, like in terms of screen presence, like hopefully this will give her some actual screen presence, like because I love her character, like yeah, and then than Robin, yeah. <laughs> um, Don't get me wrong, I like How I Met Your Mother, but she kind of got annoying after a while. Well, that final episode was garbage too. God, I hated that. Yeah, I've never watched a TV show and just shouted no. I've I've had a couple. That was that and Dexter, but um, getting away from Spider Man. Um, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal, who I've said here on record is one of my all-time favorite actors, is finally coming into the MCU. And I don't know that much about Mysterio, but um, I can... This is a, the way they portray it, because he's, he's one that I saw in video games and TV shows a lot. And man, this is interesting, but I don't buy what they're selling at all. I, because of the character. I'm kind of curious like if he's actually going to be like... Uh, I feel like so, I feel like we're getting I feel like we're getting tricked. I feel like he's kind of manipulating the yeah. situation to be the villain. He, so since you don't really know much about him, uh, Mysterio basically saw Spider-Man and other heroes. And okay, honestly, uh, you know the kid from The Incredibles that grow in the first movie that grows up to be the villain. Oh, Syndrome. Yeah. Yeah, it's Mysterio. Oh, that's kind of cool. He so basically he he's a magician. And he sees that, you know, oh, Spider-Man's a hero and everyone loves him and ha he has all this notoriety. And then he sees some other heroes like the Fantastic Four, especially since they're in New York. And he's like, oh, you know, I, I want that. I really want that. So he starts using his magic tricks and technology that he has. And he doesn't really get the notoriety or the money he wants quick enough. So then he just starts being a villain so that he can get the money. And he constantly, like, there's there were several issues where they're like, we finally unmasked Mysterio. It's <gasps> Flash Thompson or <gasps> it's Harry. Like, they, like, <laughs> he he was a master of switcheroo type stuff. So when they go, yeah, uh, he's from a different world. He's here to help clean up this thing because there was this rip in time. I was like, I'm pretty sure he caused it just so he can clean it up and get the notoriety. I don't doubt that he's from another world and that the multiverse exists. Uh, because it exists in the comics, but yeah. like I don't buy at all that he's a good guy. I really think he's the villain. I I 100% agree. I don't I don't doubt that he'll give some words of wisdom or say like have some sort of monologue though. And, like and and I'm not saying that based off of like what's portrayed in the trailers. I'm completely going off all the other stuff. Yeah. No. I mean, like as soon as he showed up and they said that line, I was like, that's not what he is in the tra in the comics. So I. I allowed the comics and the movies and the games to let me have that mindset. So the, this trailer is not what gave it to me. And I don't know if that's what's in here or not. Yeah. I'm just going off intuition, but I've, I feel like you're on the right track. Cause I kind of just, especially from now, what you just told me, that's no, that's not, um, he's yeah. not going to be a good guy. Like um, that's exactly the kind of thing he does. Yeah. Exact. Like exactly what, uh, Fury says where he's like, oh yeah, he's from this and he's this and he's here to help us clean this up. I was like, that's not what he does. That's what he does in the beginning is he's tricking you. That's not what he is at all. Yeah, while well, he's hotboxing himself in that fishbowl. <laughs> <laughs> I I like that. I'm really glad that they stuck with that costume too because a lot, not only a lot of superheroes, but a lot of especially like Spider-Man's characters 
have insane costumes. Like, when Amazing Spider-Man 2 came out and they had Electro in it, and they didn't have his original costume, I wasn't outraged that they didn't have his original costume, because I was like, yeah, there's no way a normal guy would be walking around with that. Uh, and the tone that that movie's setting, it doesn't fit. But, like, in this in this universe where they're like, okay... Yes, they have their costumes, but we kind of tweak it and make it more sleeker and make it more technological, things like that. Yeah. I like it. Um, no, I, th- I think his I, costume looks awesome. I like I like his costume. I like that the they still have the fishbowl helmet. And I, feel, I feel like there would it be... Looks, it looks, it to me, like in the comic books, it was smoke. Like it literally was smoke and mirrors. And this, it looks almost like Mother of Pearly or a Pearl to me. Yeah, I... That's it, yeah. I, I, I rather like, than smoked out. I think it would have been too big a backlash if they didn't stay true to him. So I think they found a yeah. good middle ground to like, it's a really silly costume, but I, it still looks good. Like, well, the other thing too, and it's it's not that he's just going to be stuck in the helmet too. Like we're getting a lot of Jake Gyllenhaal's face when they're showing him using his powers. I have a really strong inkling that it's going to be a partial crossover with Doctor Strange type stuff because it looks like he's doing Doctor Strange type stuff. Yeah, it could be, it could be, um, it could be, be, like, him getting a bigger grasp of understanding of, like, other, uh, well, because he's been so grounded into, like, Manhattan, like, I mean, yes, he was in space and Endgame, but, like, this could be just further education for him about, like, just how vast the multiverse, the realities, the, um, it could just be more education for him like that, and he could take and he can just more things that he's growing on, like from what he learned from Tony and Doctor Strange. Like I, I'm not gonna bet that we have a Benedict Cumberbatch cameo per se, but um, it could. It I mean, surprise me if like he defeats Mysterio and Benedict Cumberbatch makes a post credit appearance. Yeah, I mean, it could be something like talking that. talking to Mysterio about something. Yeah, because clearly there's gonna be some sort of like um, I don't know if mysticism's the right word, but like there's clearly gonna be some sort of like magic um, yeah and, and magic's definitely obviously going to be involved we got we got a giant water monster and then we got a giant lava monster like uh roaming and around. a sand monster yeah which is funny because there was there was like a water guy there was a sand guy i don't remember a lava guy but someone else said they were like the four elements or something oh my gosh being called that in the comics we need to have an ang cameo if this is going down the avatar route <laughs> god and then uh Freaking uh, who's the guy that directed Signs? M Night Shyamalan. M Night Shyamalan comes up and he's like, "Hey, there's a twist. This is an Avatar movie." And you're like, "Stop trying to retcon your pile of garbage." <laughs> uh, good day, sir. A good day, sir. I said good day. <laughs> All right, we need to go ahead and talk about our next trailer for it, Chapter Two. We finally. Chapter- we finally have a trailer for it chapter two uh nick and i this is a very special movie for us um because before endgame this was i think the last time we saw each other was when we saw this movie yeah back in i want to say november or december of 2016 17 it was it was when it was when peyton manning's statue got unveiled at lucas oil because we met for the day and we were just hanging around indy right went to right. that mall and you were like dude do you want to go see it chapter two you mean, just it, you mean the it, movie theater you in mean that it mall. one? Yeah, whatever, dude. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, we saw it together, and 
we had a. It was our first experience. It was my first experience with super nice theaters with reclining seats, and it got me addicted. Oh really? <laughs> I I can. Yeah, I'd never been in a theater like that. Oh like, we, Oh wow, I forgot in, that. I was like, I was like, why do we have to pick our seats? And you go, dude, the chairs are nicer. I think we like walked in there, and I was like, dude, you can lay down and watch a movie, and you're like, yeah. And I was like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. That's I. But the movie, the movie was pretty intense, and I spent the whole time like. Gah! Yeah, no, you were. Really I, I remember. I remember you were having a ball with this movie. Like we've Dude. seen, we've seen some. We've seen the only other really dark film that I can think of offhand. Correct me if I'm wrong, Zach but I think Mary. the huh? <laughs> Zack and Mary was the only other dark movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, uh, the only other film that was like this dark that we saw together was um, when we saw Killer Joe together. Oh God. I felt so bad for that audience too, because it was so crazy. I couldn't stop talking on accident. Yeah, you're you're having a blast laughing at that movie too. Like that movie's <laughs> insane. Okay, look, I know we're supposed to talk about this this trailer, and I know we have uh we're gonna talk about uh the movies we saw this week, but I'm t- I'm begging our listeners go watch Killer Joe. That movie is in. Insane. Yeah, this was in the peak of uh, the reconnaissance back in. Um, I think it's old enough. Or no, wait, no, it's not old enough because uh, no, it came out we, in 2013. In co- we were in college, man. Yeah, no, it was 2013, 14. This was yeah, this was right around when he got the Oscar for Dallas Buyers Club. Like this was peak reconnaissance, yeah. whatever. Um, but yeah, no. So we saw that together. We saw we saw it one together, and um, if things line up properly we should be able to watch this film together too and yeah because uh, that's that time frame is gonna be nuts because uh if that happens i will travel at least two hours away from my home for three street weekends because <laughs> we got we got our trip that we're going on and then i would go to where you're at to see the movie, and then I would end up going back to St. Louis the following weekend yeah. for a ball game. You got a, you got a lot of travel in September coming. Yeah. Um, that's the, oddly enough, that's usually the month I travel a lot too. I don't know why. Um, but no, the um, or wait, but which, enough about our personal lives. Yeah. No, wait. Which which no, this isn't your birthday, right? The what was? The... No, no, no. So it's it's uh it's our ball game in St. Louis. No, I'm just I was movie, I was and then this is just me and Kelsey go to two games a year. So we would just go back to St. Louis to see a game. No, I'm just saying this wasn't the movie that comes on your birthday, right? What was the movie that comes no, on your birthday? No, that is um, oh, what is it? That's Joker. Oh, right, right, right. And okay, never mind. I got the months mixed up. Um, so anyway, yeah. um, the this trailer, like I was saying, that we've been waiting for this trailer for a long time because um, at least me, I don't. I mean, you can tell me how much you've been following the production, but like, I was following this all the time, like, like. Jessica Jastain should do this movie. Oh, she's talking about doing this movie. She's casted in this movie. And then Bill Hader got involved. And um, I've been digging him on Barry on HBO. He's amazing. James McAvoy got involved with this. Um, and all the original kids are back. Uh, uh, Ian, uh, Ian... Yeah, I thought that was interesting. They show a lot of the kids in it. I thought that was... Because they never showed the adults in the first one. I thought it was interesting that they are bringing the kids back in some... Well, they're... They won't be, like, the focal point of the film. Like, the kids are still going to be a part of it, but, like, the adults are more the focal point this time. Um, uh, Andy... Andy... uh, Muscucci... Andy... Muschetti? Andy Muschetti um, is coming back uh, to direct this film as well. Um, So I'm so happy they kept the same director again. Um, Bill Skarsgård is still going to be Pennywise, and... 
Is that him in the picture? Uh, the thumbnail? Yeah. No, 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 no. In the picture that's hanging up in the crazy naked lady's house. Pre, um, that's like... When she goes, my daddy joined the circus, and then it, she goes, because oh, it's the guy making the... I wouldn't be surprised. I don't believe... I don't know what he looks like without makeup. Oh, you don't know what Bill Skarsgård looks like without makeup? No. He, uh, he's worth a Google. Um, he's been in other, he's been in other things. He's had a decent career, um, oh. outside of it, but, um, he does have those eyes, though. Like, his, his big eyes, he has those eyes. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, I don't think that was Bill necessarily, but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it was him with like makeup on, but, um, yeah, but no, this trailer, um, this looks like it's absolutely upping the ante from, uh, from the first film, like hardcore. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm so excited for this. I never get excited for scary movies. This is, like I said, not only was this before Endgame, the last time that me and you saw each other, but like, this was the last movie that I saw that wasn't like an existing franchise that I was already really into that got me to go, Oh my God, I can't wait for the sequel. Yeah. The, like, it wasn't like star Wars and Avengers and all those, like they they were existing. I went in and saw this and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like it, but I'm, I'm willing to try it out. And I left and I was like, I loved that movie. It, like, yeah, it's like I said, I don't really get that hype for horror movies. And that is the first horror movie in a really long time where I went, I need to buy that. Yeah, it's it's definitely the best Stephen King adaptation probably since The Mist or fourteen oh eight in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but th- and th- thank God they're finally starting to do movies for him like that because when they when because I mean yeah they had The Shining but like when it was real popular to make Stephen King movies they just made them too hokey like no yes I get that his concepts a lot of times are kind of goofy but if you treat if you give something a genuine horror like adaptation you can make anything scary yeah the well i think you just have to have people that understand hey genuinely try to make this scary and set the tone right not have tim curry sitting over balcony going like that's not scary i yeah well i i think modern technology is helping a great deal but um i'm glad you brought up the old one because um, i was going to ask if you saw the old one um i watched it on yes i watched the old that doesn't sound i okay (laughs) if okay i'm almost positive i did because i remember when i was in college me and my friends would have like movie night and we would always have a theme like one was adam sandler night one was horror movie night that's how i know i've seen the blair witch i saw it on horror movie night we were drinking a lot so I'm pretty sure we did because I remember one of my friends telling me, dude, this is one of the scariest movies I'd ever seen. And then we ended the movie and I was like, you're a pansy. That thing is not terrifying at all. No, that was really funny. That's exactly what I was going to say is that like I watched it. It was on um, it was on Primer Hulu. I can't remember which one, but um, it was on there. I'm like, oh, cool. The the one from 1990. I want to watch this. And yeah. Dude, it doesn't hold up at all. No, it doesn't. There's not. some things about it that are kind of cool, like uh, Jason Ritter. I I would, forgot he was in it, um, or d- should say I didn't know he was in it. Um, he uh, I I liked his performance in it. Um, I liked Tim Curry's version of it of it. Like I thought at times he was creepy, but uh, his teeth looked terrible when he was biting somebody. Um, some of the visual effects, like when like he turns into like a giant friggin' spider, right? Like 
stop motion. Yeah. Oh my god. The whole second like this was a TV movie that was ninety minutes and then ninety minutes and and then they just went let's make a VHS. Oh, it was. Oh my gosh. The visual effects in part two were terrible. Um, but there are allusions to like they're gonna do what happens in the film in the book. Um, like there's, uh, the, not cave dungeon, not dungeon, like the cave that they kind of get into in the second half, like you see a shot of them all holding hands, like in a circle, like they do in the, like they do to defeat him again. Um, and you can tell it's like in that cave, uh, you can, um, I'm trying to think of like, a. you get some hints at like the romantic relationship between Beverly and, um, uh, whoever James McAvoy played. Not every male character this time, like in the 90s version. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but no, one thing I want to ask you about, like, before we wrap this up, uh, did you notice in the trailer itself, um, the sound mix, because we were listening to it with headphones, did you notice that when uh, the old lady uh, attacks Beverly, uh, the sound went left, right, left, right, left, right? I had one headphone in. Oh, and it was all through the left, so no. The one thing, okay. Okay. The one. Thing I just, I, I just wanted to throw that out though, there because that scared the crap out of me watching it just a couple minutes ago. The one thing I did not notice that I noticed this time. So the first two or three times I saw this, uh, like when I made the post to share it on our Facebook page, um, the first time, or the first two times I watched it, it was on my phone, and then th- I watched it full screen on my laptop this time. I didn't notice that when Beverly is inspecting her living room after she goes back in the kitchen, I didn't notice that she peeks around the corner when she's butt naked. And then I didn't realize that she like, because it's obviously Pennywise. I didn't notice that she does the Pennywise herky jerky motion. Cause in the first movie, Pennywise, like they're like, Oh, he's just like running like crazy trying to scare him. Apparently that's just how Pennywise walks as a human. Because when, Whenever you see the old lady in the back and she's not the main focus and she goes to walk, she walks like she's having a seizure. Yeah. Um, so I didn't notice her peek around the corner and then, like, go to walk from the left, from the right side to the left and then be like, <laughs> across. Um, I just noticed her come out butt naked when she's like, are you daddy's little girl? And then the sound of the naked wrinkly yeah <laughs> smacking together well that's um, well that it makes sense why he would walk like that because that's not his natural form his natural form is like that glowing entity kind of like uh um, yeah. thing so like the God. fact yeah like he <laughs> he just takes a physical form of like whatever scares whoever he's talking to yeah and apparently naked old wrinkly ladies are terrifying I had, yeah, I texted you that, like, and I wrote it on the Facebook page. Like, Dan, I don't know what's Dan up with Stephen King and text, naked ladies. Because I, I texted him, I was like, hey, man, the it, the it trailer came out. It's really creepy. About three minutes later when it's over, I get a text message from Dan. He goes, why is he obsessed with naked old women? <laughs> well, for people who saw The Shining, uh, the Kubrick one, um, I haven't read it. I know it deviates from the book a lot. but um, So if there isn't a naked old lady in the book, um, I'm just going off of the film. Then why is his films obsessed with this? Why is yeah? Why is there two Stephen King stories on his resume that involve creepy naked like seventy plus year old women? Like, <laughs> yes, it's creepy, but like, okay, like I just personally, I'm like, okay, that's that's enough, thank you. Like, <laughs> um, but no, it's again, again, like I always say when we talk about trailers, like I always take them at face value. But I mean, for this one, I just. I, I, it's hard for me to not get so excited for this just because we have oh. 
some other we have another film that we've seen that we can kind of guess what's going to come from this film out of it especially since it's the same director the same young cast the adult that cast film, is amazing that film to me too that year that was this, that was years before we did this podcast but um that movie was honestly kind of the most one of the most surprising movies of the year to me because i was like you know it'll maybe be okay and I left it, and I was like, "That was one of my favorite movies I saw this year." Oh, that was one of mine too. It was, it was amazing. Like, Kelsey is terrified of scary clowns, and I was trying to drag her to that movie. <laughs> like, it was so good. I wanted to be like, "No, seriously, you'll be fine. Like, just go with me so I can see this again." Ah, uh, man, it's so good. We're so excited for it. Um, so good. Yeah, and with that, uh, we're going to take a very brief break, and then we are going to talk about our first theatrical film. Our first film, which is our theatrical film, Detective Pikachu. We'll be right back. All right, everybody. This week, Nick and I went to the theaters and we checked out Detective Pikachu based on the Pokemon characters. Uh, The film was directed by Rob Letterman. um, And I don't blame you if you don't know that name. Uh, he's mainly known for animated films uh, like Shark Tale and Monsters vs. Aliens, but uh, he did direct uh, the Jack Black film Gulliver's Travels and Goosebumps, so he is uh, pretty well known for making child-friendly films, which uh, this one certainly is. Hmm. And uh, the film obviously stars uh, Ryan Reynolds and... Justice Smith, who I was not familiar with before this film at all. Um, I didn't see Jurassic World yet, and um, I forgot he was in Paper Towns, uh, and I didn't watch The Get Down either on Netflix, but those are the main things that he's known for. Uh, but Is he... I feel really weird asking this. Is he related to Will Smith? Because I always thought there was something about he had a, a lesser-known kid. Um, I don't... I have, I have everything up here. Uh, no... It doesn't. No, he's not. No, from what from okay. what I can see here in his just general bio slash trivia, no. Oh. I always thought I heard something about like they had a lesser known kid that was an actor too. Uh, at least from what I'm seeing here, no, he's not. I feel like that would be a kind of big note here, but uh, uh, if we were wrong about that, feel free to email us. But um, <laughs> burn it points guys at cinema gmail dot <laughs> But uh, yeah, anyway, uh, the film itself. Uh, this is, uh, this is kind of cool. This was kind of cool to see, like, seeing a Pokemon brought to life, like, uh, in live action, honestly. Like, it kind of came, it came, it came together in a better way than I was anticipating, and I... Way better than I expected. <laughs> yeah, and I like that, um, they didn't try to recreate anything that was done in the show or the previous films, like... Um, I'm not assuming this stayed very true to the video game, because uh, I didn't play the Detective Pikachu video game, uh, but... I don't think there was a video game. No, I, I, or was it, wasn't Detective Pikachu a video game? There was Hey There Pikachu, like a Nintendo 64 game, where you took pictures and stuff like that, but the, the only video game reference I saw was... Um, never mind, it goes into spoiler territory... Um, yeah, Detective. I'll talk about it. When yeah, Detective Pikachu, part. the Nintendo 3DS game. Oh, I don't know. That was a game. Yeah, it came out oh. February 2016. Hmm. Uh, but anyway, the um, I kind of like that they decided to do like a genre pick for this instead of like trying to 
reintroduce everybody to like Ash and Brock and whatever Misty, Misty. yeah. And uh, <laughs> no, I kind of her name was Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but no, I thought that was kind of cool. I, I really like Justice Smith's character. Um, I like the reporter that, um, or the intern slash reporter. Um, I mean, she was, a, she was an okay actress, but in terms of like the character itself, I thought it was a good character. Um, I like that it tried to like make a family, ver- family friendly version of like that neo-noir, but like with the color palette of Blade Runner. Um, did you, uh, did you notice when he gets to the apartment what's on the tv speaking of noir films um i couldn't remember the title of that film it's the movie it's the movie playing in home alone oh it's that film it's that movie oh that's awesome i didn't know that i didn't i managed to not <laughs> yeah. find that in the trivia that, that's really funny when he when he's like where's my money and he goes let me get my tommy gun i was like oh my god they're playing the home alone detective movie <laughs> and then he turns the tv off that's awesome I guess I would have been too on the nose if they played uh, the actual part from the film, <laughs> or or if they yeah. played that that iconic uh, uh, machine gun massacre scene. Yeah, um, but no. Anyway, the uh, no, I, I like that. I like that it found the right tone where it was being noir, but it was still being like kid friendly and still had moments of like real comedy. Like Ryan Reynolds, he was genuinely funny in this. I mean. He kind of was rehashing a, a family-friendlier Deadpool to certain extents, but yeah. I still, I still thought he made Pikachu a good character. Like, give, like in giving him a voice that is obviously different than the Pikachu that we know. Like, giving him that kind of, I don't know, not human conscious because animals. It's just that form of communication that gives him more of a human quality. Like, I thought it was, still, I thought it was still good and. That CGI on him and all the other Pokemon themselves, I thought were fantastic. I thought every, I thought all the creatures looked great. Like I was in awe at the, the like the first fifteen minutes of the film, like when they were doing those master shots of, uh, uh, Lyric City. What was the name of the city again? Rhyme, Rhyme city. city, not Lyric City. Um, I was just in awe, like trying to like look at all the Pokemon just like walking around, like, and I thought I, I just on a personal note, I thought it was kind of smart that. They only kind of sprinkled in ones that were outside of the original 150. Like, yeah, um, I thought that was a better way to. I thought that was a smart way to like, kind of keep it broad for everybody because everybody were, knows who the originals were. There were maybe like five that had something to do in the movie that I don't remember from when I was in po- into Pokemon. The the monkey the um, monkey with the arm like that was one I. I remember him. No, I remember him. I don't remember the one that was the server at the bar i don't remember oh that that duck looking one i don't remember that one the, either. i don't remember the ones that were the turtles i don't remember the one not and it's not squirtle it's a different turtle oh no 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 um, i know which one you're talking about and then i don't remember the one that uh is like throwing glass boomerangs at them or whatever oh I, yeah um, that one too i wasn't familiar with that one. the ones the ones that act as the speak speakers at the rave um, I'd seen pictures of that one, but I that wasn't one of the originals, though. And there was another one, but yeah, they they were very smartly made it the ones that people remember. Yeah, all the because all the cameos other, uh, were so funny. Well, other other than um, other than Pokemon Go and a handful of video games, Pokemon not necessarily has been dead, 
but its popularity has dropped very severely in the past 15 years. So it was very smart of like, hey, here's the ones you remember. Well, is is that just our age though? Because I feel like they still are making games. Like they they are, but they're not as popular. Okay, I don't follow like. I don't... I mean, I, 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 trust, pop- I trust your knowledge on the game industry more than my own, because I don't... The popularity, like, the popularity of Pokemon has dropped, um, but, it, like, Pokemon Go, it, it exploded back with Pokemon Go, and I play that every once in a while, but um, it, it's not like it was before, where every three months there was, like, a new game or a new movie or a new season of the show or new toys or new cars. Yeah. Like... Now it's like, hey, every handful of years, you're going to get a Detective Pikachu or a new video game, or you're going to get Pokemon Go. Like, it's it's not like it was before, where they owned the planet for children's entertainment. Yeah, I, that's for sure. Um, not to get so sidetracked, but do you remember, um, I think it was Burger King that had the, the Pokeball toys with, like, the plushes? Yeah, I uh, though I just I bring that up just because I remember the whole controversy about like uh, the balls were big enough that kids were like suffocating like not to take this on a completely dark true crime kind of deal but I remember there was a Pokemon and Ted Bundy there was a whole there was a whole safety there was a whole safety spat that Burger King got in trouble with, with I those. don't I don't remember that at all I just remember getting a Gyarados in one and I was like this is my favorite. <laughs> I, I, I can't remember any of the toys themselves. I just, I, I, actually, this was just a story that I saw on my Facebook wall um, not that long ago. It was, I want to say it was like the the Burger King Pokemon debacle or something like that. But um, when you're when you're <laughs> done listening to this, it was a, it's a fun read. But yeah, I uh, yeah the film itself. What, the film itself. The... What did what did what was what would you say your spoiler free uh, impression was? So I went in with incredibly low expectations um like pretty similar to what i was expecting out of captive state when we went to it um i man like you i remember like when you said detective pikachu i think i said anything else that weekend yeah dude when <laughs> like, we saw the trailer dude, for this at endgame you shrugged audibly and i was just like i was just like <laughs> yeah dude, we me. saw the trailer for endgame and dan dan goes Ooh, and I went, God, <laughs> like, dude, I was not, I did not want to see this movie. Um, it's, uh, it's much better than I was expecting. Like I was expecting to just go in there and it just be horrible. Like just not entertaining, really forced everything. Um, really bad characters, a really nonsensical plot, terrible jokes, fart and poop jokes like crazy. Um, and the first, how long is it till Ryan Reynolds shows up? Like, he fifteen minutes. Yeah, he's he's not out of the film for that long. It's probably like at the fifteen yeah. minute mark. The the first fifteen minutes, I was like, okay, this is better than I thought, but I had such low expectations. That's not hard to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then once he shows up, movie's great. Like, heavily flawed. Um, this honestly kind of reminded me of Greta where I really enjoyed it and liked my time in it. There's a lot wrong with the movie, but I really enjoyed watching it and having like the time I had in there. Um, uh, some of the stuff I remember like texting you some notes. One of the things was some of the CGI moments were bad. Uh, 
but it wasn't the Pokemon. Like, there's CGI other things in there that I thought was bad. Um, it's It gets way better after Ryan Reynolds shows up. I called several of the twists. Um, the chemistry between Pikachu and the kid is great. It's, it's fantastic. Um, there's a lot of really weird adult jokes in there, including a cocaine reference. Oh, that, and, yeah. That, <laughs> like, that, oh, we'll talk about that more in the spoiler portion. That whole but scene was so funny. That was really, I was like, man, I'm used to adult jokes in kids' movies, but, like, they never involve drugs. Like, if they, and they never involve drugs. And if they do, it's weed. It's never cocaine. Um, it does mention uh, Pokemon, the first movie, the one that had Mewtwo in it. Um, which was which it, was it, which was called Pokemon the first movie. <laughs> that, yeah. I, I just love um, that title. <laughs> it well they had dude in Japan they already had the follow ups they just had to do English dub. Yeah no um, I, the title but so silly. It mentions that one in a way that I liked how subtle it's mentioned and they move on from it and they don't embellish it. Um, and there's a Super Smash Brothers reference in this movie. Uh, and honestly, I went in there expecting this movie to be. You know, I expected this to be a cookie. I was fully prepared to walk out of there and hate it. Um, I went into the movie actually kind of annoyed because I was running a little late uh, when I got there. I'm a person that likes to be seated and, like, ready before the trailers start, and I got there as the trailers were rolling. Um, but I left the movie uh, pretty happy with it. It's it's a half a pan for me. You were happy with it, but half a pan. <laughs> Dude, it's great. I love Greta, but I, but it's half a pan in terms yeah. of like the things I really really liked in the movie. I found really enjoyable. The groan worthy moments were like it's liter it's literally extremes. It's either extremely great, and the parts that it gets great, it's really really good, and the parts that are bad are really really bad. Gotcha. Um, but, so yeah. it's 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 literally like having it's like having your team score 50 points in a football game and they give up 48 like great job why did you give up that many bad points like gotcha. it what it gives it gives a lot and what it takes it takes a lot i see okay now I, okay i see what you mean now like that literal okay um no like before we get in the spoiler section um i i'm giving it i'm gonna give it a pan um i i kind of when i left the film at, at first I kind of shrugged at myself. I was just like, "Ugh, I don't want to do the quarter pan. We kind of or three quarter pan because we, we're trying to get we're trying to get rid of that." <laughs> we did it for three straight weeks, and we're like, "This isn't an official rating. We need to stop." I know. That. I like. I but by, by the way, by the way, for our listeners, our rating system goes: uh, cookie for terrible, uh, single brownie for it was okay, but it was pretty bad. Half pan for all right, kind of in the middle. Full pan for good movie, full pan with sprinkles for fantastic movie. Love it. Can't wait to see it again. Yes, exactly. We um so I was kind of in that I didn't want to give it a half because I did genuinely like have a lot of fun watching it. Um, even though there are like I have like little nitpicky things here and there. But um I, I, I mean it's not sprinkles for sure, but um but no, like uh, so I was in that middle part, I was in that middle ground, but as I was driving back, like, I was thinking about it, and I just, I genuinely had so much fun watching this, even though, um, 
there's certain elements in the plot where it's just like, you know, this is a kid's movie, right? This is getting a little convoluted, like, and a little, yeah. and a little ridiculous, like, um, and other little things that we'll del- dive into. But, um, but yeah, that's our, that's our, uh, that's our ratings. Uh, I'm a full pan, Nick's half. So let's get into the spoiler section. Go ahead and stop. Jump about what we we always go like what another twenty twenty five minutes after. <laughs> so just <laughs> cut to forty five minutes later. We're gonna talk be talking about when we were in elementary school playing Pokemon, and then be like, oh yeah, we gotta finish reviewing the movie. Yeah, <laughs> uh, just go ahead and skip to where you hear the music again. Um, if you hadn't seen the film yet. So, anyway, uh, I was really kind. Of, the only thing that really kind of bothered me was like it was kind of near the halfway point when Bill Nye um, really became a part of the film. Because um, to me, the, the marketing was brilliant in keeping Bill Nye out of it. Like, that was a, sh- that was a surprise to me, that um, he was kind of the guy that created uh, uh, Rhymes. Is that the actor's name? Yeah, that was Bill... Or, what did I... Did I pronounce his name wrong? Uh, Bill... Yeah, Bill Nye, yeah. He's a, not the science guy. No, not the science science guy. Very, very, very famous British actor. Uh, he was in. I mean, I know, I know. I did not know his name was Bill Nye. I was like, are you positive? Yeah, it's even spelled <laughs> N I G H Y. He was Weird. he was um, uh, Davy Jones in the Pirates trilogy. Yeah. Um, but no, very, very, very famous British actor outside of the Pirates films. Um, but no, I was very, I was so happy that he wasn't advertised because I love that casting. Um, I, I bought his character for the most part um, as the guy that like wanted to unite Pokemon and uh, humans together. And his son, During... I want to, I just want to give a Dur- shout out to his son too. Um, he is played by ah, my list here it is. Um, he is played by uh, Chris Greer. Um, mm-hmm. he was, he's in one of my favorite comedies that used to be on the air until, uh, it aired its final episode last month. You're the worst. Um, it's <laughs> nice to see, it was just, ple- it was just, uh, a pleasure for me to see him actually start getting like film roles, like anything outside of the TV show. Cause I never saw him outside of that. One, one issue I had with the story early, but it may, but it got made up for later in the movie was when they're going to the city. So when they're going to the city, um, the movie starts out with the kid and then a guy a guy that we'll recognize from another Ryan Reynolds movie, Dope Hinders in this movie for the first like five to seven minutes as his friend who's trying to convince him to catch Pokemon. Yeah. The beginning of the movie is pretty exposition heavy. And during one of the heavy exposition parts, they just start like talking about the city like what the city is, who this guy is. And this informational video, and I'm like, why would you need to know this if you're choosing to go to the city? You probably already know. I, yeah, but I can I can wh- mute to Manhattan. Whatever. I can mute to Manhattan every day, and I don't see a video explaining why yeah. Manhattan's awesome. Like, <laughs> but whatever. We got some cool shots of CGI Pokemon, and it helped the audience understand it. It's you know whatever. It's only an hour and forty minute movie. Thanks. Um, but they talk about they're like we made a city where Pokemon battles don't happen and Pokemon aren't in Pokeballs they live together in harmony and I was like, but I want Pokemon battles movie why aren't you giving me the one thing I wanted from you? Well, luckily, well, luckily that comes in later, but um, yeah, but no, um, what I was, uh, I actually didn't make my point. I just realized <laughs> I was I was trying to say that like <laughs> Bill Nye um, when he kind of actually becomes part of the film like because like you were saying we only see him in videos up to like the halfway point. 
Um, yeah, he's kind of introduced and then left alone for about like 20 minutes. Well, yeah, he's uh, just off in the background. You just are aware that he's in the film. But once he gets introduced and um, he reveals what he reveals to um, uh, Justice, uh, we should actually say his character name, uh, Tim. Yeah, when he reveals Tim, when yeah. he reveals everything to Tim that he knows, like, oh no, this is what happened to your dad. Like with the holograms, yeah. like I just from that point on until the final twists were revealed like i just the movie just was like wanting to be like all twisty and turny and like trying to throw you for a curveball like but it was just getting so convoluted to the point where i was just like movie how are you gonna make this make any sense because this is getting a little this is getting a little ridiculous for a kid's film like it shouldn't be well it shouldn't be this overly complicated like (laughs) When they were when they were like, yeah, his dad was working the case to find out what this like serum mist thing is, a serum R or whatever. And they're like, he was working a case on it. It's like, okay. By the way, uh, he met, when they first introduced this serum, uh, Tim is in his dad's apartment because his dad supposedly died in a car wreck, and he like opens his file and inhales it and a bunch of uh they're called apoms by the way that monkey with the tail with the hand on it right okay um, gotcha gotcha yeah and uh he sniffs it and he thinks that's why he can talk to pikachu so he's like talking to people in the street and all they hear is like pika pika and he goes no i can hear him it's because i it's because this stuff i snorted up my nose i was like christ movie this is a kid's movie why are you making like a angel dust and cocaine and a heroin reference and a meth reference my god yeah and pikachu's just like you might want to stop talking you're just making this worse because like, there's cops like right next to me he's like maybe don't talk about that right now uh, no, the um, but anyway, um, to go o- over the plot just a little bit, like just a basic overview of the plot. Like basically, he uh, Tim has to go into the city to uh, talk to the uh, office. He he goes into the city because uh, the police force that his dad works for um, calls and tells him that he died in an accident, and um, he's been estranged from his father for years. Um, and so when he arrives and checks into the apartment, that's when Pikachu is there. And tells him that his dad's not dead. He can't be dead. We got to find him. And and one thing and too, that's and that's they, and that's the basic. I can't setup. remember. I can't remember if every person has a Pokemon partner, but all the cops have a partner that's a Pokemon. Yeah, I I well, that's the that was part so of the Pikachu. That's a, Pikachu. They they don't know why, but Pikachu's like I think I was his partner because he's like I just have his name in my hat and it's a hat made for Pikachu. He's like I think. Basically, this was for in case I got lost, that I'd be come back here. Well, he's but, got it. He's got amnesia. He he starts yeah. piecing piecing things together and realizing, oh my gosh, something happened to my memories. So like, that's yeah. kind of the that's kind of the lucky plot device that makes it easier for the film to actually take you through a journey rather than Pikachu knowing what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, not to say that it's lazy writing, but yeah, the. Uh, but no, what, back it's, to what you were saying okay, about part... The, be, the best way I can put it, it's a kid's movie, so it's not Lego movie good, but it's also not, like, emoji movie bad. Oh my goodness. Can I just preemptively blackball the emoji movie? Because I've actually seen it, and I don't want to watch it again. <laughs> like, for the time machine. Remember first... how Remember how you said, Nick, pick a movie for this week and be brutal? Dude... Emoji movie is too. <laughs> I might, I might break our thing. We might watch the emoji, emoji movie. Emoji movie's two years old. 
I don't care. Oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, okay. Anyway, um, but no. Back. I want to make a point about what you were saying with the partners. Um, uh, yeah. When it, it it's apparently it, it, that was kind of weird to me, but also like I kind of get what makes having a part not having a Pokemon partner taboo. Like like they were saying at the beginning, uh, the Pinder's character. Um, <laughs> who's got a real name by the way um i wanted to say it before. dude it's depender i'm gonna call him depender. uh karan sony uh and his character name was jack so jack is thinking that tim can get over his kind of his ongoing depression because he's uh he thinks that he's got like some abandonment issues or things stemming from not having a dad in his life and his mom his died mom dying. uh he thinks that having a pokemon will uh be good for him so that's why at the start of the film they try to get that Cubone, and Cubone just attacks him, and it just kind of falls apart. And it was a really funny sequence. Yeah. Um, but then, in this, it's not turning green, dude. Run! <laughs> that was so funny. Seeing a He's running seeing away a, from something a that's like barely halfway up his calf. <laughs> oh my gosh! Seeing a Pokeball capture in real in real life too was just kind of I don't know. That was a moment. For that me. was really cool. That was a mo- the, Poke, the Pokeballs in this are way more technologically advanced than I thought they would be. Iron Pokeball. <laughs> well, like, when you push the center button, the the whole, like, the outer rim lights up with LEDs. When Like, it's metal and not plastic. Like, it looks, like, not janky. Yeah, no, it looked like... Because I expected a Pokeball to be like, wow, that looks really bad. No, it looked it looked it this was the right time to make this movie because after how many like the Iron Spider and the incarnations of the Iron Man suit like we like mm-hmm. making things out of metal and CGI like that was the right way to do this like rather than like Yeah, they finally got that texture figured out. Yeah. Um but no, the uh, but anyway, uh when they when that doesn't go right and then he arrives in um Rhyme City without a Pokemon, even though they live in this utopia that they live together, apparently you still, like, it's still taboo for you to not get partnered with a Pokemon who's not a mm-hmm. pet, but you're not in a relationship with it, so are they are well, they, they, room- are they roommates? Are they roommates? relationship to help them grow, is the point. Okay, so it's not, it's, it's like le- a mixture less, between pet and less, friendship, I guess? Yeah, it's it's more symbiotic and less, like, master domineering relationship <laughs> domineering that <laughs> that makes me think like <laughs> that makes me th- 50 shades of gray that, yeah like 50 shades of pikachu <laughs> that's what that's what i'm saying that was so, that's what i'm saying it was kind of like the the exact why why that would be taboo was weird to me like like who cares that he doesn't have a pokemon lady like you kind of just everyone yeah but <laughs> First, first twenty minutes of the movie was just, oh my god, we get it. He doesn't have a Pokemon. Yeah, and he doesn't want to, and he I doesn't want like, that Pokemon for an understandable reason. Like his dad, like he associates it like to his dad. Like it kind of like like his dad left for the Pokemon Utopia, and his life went bad, so he doesn't want him. I I did like uh, that Pokemon cards exist in the movie. Like when they when they're in the apartment and Pikachu's looking through his stuff oh when right he was a kid, and yeah. he's through the binder of Pokemon cards. I was like. That is so cool. Yeah. No, I thought... And then that was really funny, too, is, like, uh, you have my ears on your bed. I am equally creeped out and flattered. <laughs> Dude, this... Okay, so I think you said it earlier. Pikachu in this movie, this is, really is the children's version of Deadpool. Yes, off mic, I did it say that. It is... 
it is such a cleaned up movie and not in a bad way like let's talk more about ryan himself there isn't there isn't it doesn't feel like there's a punch they pull wait which say that one more time sorry it it feels like they don't pull a punch like they don't like have a joke set up or have a joke that they could make and then pull back from it to be like oh well let's keep it clean for the kids like it it's just genuinely like it's like the Deadpool mentality minus the swearing and inappropriateness. Yeah, he well, um, he I mean, he, except for the drug jokes, they exist still, up to but, up to the PG uh, level. But even still, he was really witty and funny. Like, yeah, um, all the quips that he would say, like, oh, my favorite one, um, outside of the coffee addiction, which I thought was really funny. Uh, These are decisions I can stop when I want. Yeah, exactly. The alcoholism joke. <laughs> yeah. No, the uh, when they were in the. Um, the diner and uh the reporter showed him a bunch of like files uh when <laughs> when brian was like oh, i think he peed a little wait no i oh, did no, no, no. <laughs> i thought that was yeah. so funny i liked i liked when uh <laughs> i liked when um they're running away from all the crazed pokemon on the rooftop and, <laughs> and he goes i'm gonna stay here oh okay have fun with that. Look at that behind you. Have fun dying the hero. And then he jumps down the trash chute. <laughs> I love when they were running on the roof before that. And he's just like, God, people are so inconsiderate. <laughs> yeah. And he's running around. He's like, help, help. They're going to kill him. He's going to die. <laughs> it's like, that's adorable coming from Pikachu. I, so, um, I guess that would mean that we're both in agreement. Like, I think, I thought like I was a little apprehensive at the start, like when the tra- when the marketing was coming out, like, Deadpool, but Pikachu, um, and I left kind of pleasantly. So- that's not why I was apprehensive. Well, no, I'm not saying that. Yeah, that's you. Um, I'm not saying you. I'm just saying, like, would you agree with me that like th- this risk of having Ryan Reynolds be Pikachu paid off? I mean, to me, I thought it. Yes. I thought it paid off pretty splendidly. He, it it paid off tremendously. Like I said, the movie, honestly, I really didn't like until Ryan Reynolds showed up, and then that's when I really started liking the movie. He is why I liked the movie. And it, it, I'm not saying, you know, I'm not saying, oh, if it's any other actor besides Ryan Reynolds. What I'm saying is the character Ryan Reynolds plays is great. Yeah. Is why I like the movie. Yeah, that kind of natural charisma and... Uh... He has a great relationship with the kid. Like, their chemistry is phenomenal. I want to see some behind the scenes of, like, how... Like, if there was any time that they actually were together, because I don't, because uh, Vin Diesel, at least to the best of my knowledge, Vin Diesel was never, like, on set, because James Gunn's brother would be playing, or, well, not uh, not Groot, but um, he James Gunn's brother would play Rocket, but, um, but no, to the best of yeah. my knowledge, Vin Diesel was never on set as Groot in a mocap suit, he would just do the ADR, so... I'm curious as to, like, how much actual interaction that they had with each other, like, or if Ryan recorded the dialogue and they would just play it back to him some way, like, with a super yeah. microscopic, like, mic in his ear or something. Um, or maybe maybe they uh, just had Ryan Reynolds standing off camera. Maybe, uh, like... Interacting. Yeah, like, maybe, like, so, I mean, that just, it's it's just funny that you say they have... Ki- or maybe they recorded the, everything, and then they just had the kid redo it again. May, I, maybe, like, maybe they did ADR together, too, to, like, clean up the audio. Um, yeah. I mean, there's all these different techniques that, like, I know, like, how they could do it, so, like, the fact that it still comes off, like, this great amount of chemistry that they have, like, 
Yeah. It really is kind of amazing because, like, I'm not inclined to believe that, like, Ryan Reynolds necessarily was, like, on set every day. Like, um, yeah. but no, you're, I mean, you're 100% right. Like, that kid was phenomenal. Like, I want, yeah. there, I see a lot of promise for uh, Justice as an actor. He, like, yeah. I really honestly, like, bought him, like, when, uh, whenever he was mourning, um, like, when they were crying after they went to, um, Bill Nye's office for the first time, like when they were crying on the part uh, in that or the by that fountain, like, and he was yeah. talking about like, I wish I went on that train and saw my dad again, like, and, P- and yeah. then Pikachu was just like, uh, like consoling him, and that was such a great moment, like, yeah, um, I like, and then it's followed up with they they don't follow it up with a joke right away, they start the setup of a joke where like. A black Chevy uh, Tahoe pulls up with blacked out windows and blacked rims, and it pulls up, and it's like, oh, that's a villain. And then just hear Ryan Reynolds, that's a villain car if I've ever seen one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Um, I I did like so Bill Bill Nye's character in this movie got sick and then created this utopia, and he's funding research to try and cure his disease. And as you progress through the movie, you find out that what he's trying to do is he's trying to get a neural link with Mewtwo to use Mewtwo's psychic powers to then put uh, all the humans inside Pokemon bodies and then be like, this is our greatest evolution is to make them humans. And uh, two things, as soon as they did that, I called the twist in the movie. Well, which one? Um, There's like six. <laughs> the twist that Pikachu was his dad. You called that that, or or well, um, w- the moment they said his dad, or the moment they go, the moment that they showed that he could get inside Mewtwo, and then Mewtwo starts like like using his psychic powers to make people their Pokemon. I was like, okay, his dad's Pikachu. Because they show earlier in the movie, they show like the content, like the video of the crash. Mewtwo comes over, wipes Pikachu's memory, or speaks to Pikachu, wipes his memory, and then um, like supposedly lifts the dad's body. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, that didn't go the way the security footage is showing. It shows it really is that he put uh, his dad's personality into Pikachu and then took the body for safekeeping, which is which is what they say later in the movie. Um, well, no, they, the, didn't but, the body merge together? Because, like, in, when they were showing um, Bill Knight in Mewtwo, he w- they were oh, actually, yeah. like, mer- physically merging together, even though, like, physically it's still the Pokemon. No, Bill, Bill Nye and Mewtwo didn't. Everyone else did. Bill Nye just had a neural link. Mewtwo used his powers to make all the other but ones. But that was him controlling Mewtwo. That's right. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, so, I, I called it when they said that they could do that. Like, once they're like, oh, yeah, they can just do that with psychic powers. Like, all right, Pikachu's his dad. See, I didn't, um, I didn't read... I didn't necessarily like put the two and two together at that moment. Like um, yeah. a little later, like after the big climactic fight, that's when it made sense. Like, oh, okay, I see now. The only twist that yeah. like I really like called called was like when they were said el- the whole setting up that like his son was um, the real master when he that first exposition dump with the now fake security footage of the crash. Yeah. When he was like, my son is owning everything. I immediately was just during that exposition dump. I'm like, no, he's not. You're evil. He's dude. Yeah. I called that to us. Like he's the bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's such a I was bad like, job. I like, was like, no, it's almost like they said, Hey, be hokey in this scene. 
so that you look like you're a bad actor because you're actually the bad guy. Because his acting in that one scene was his worst acting in the movie. I, it was, well, I mean, it was so exposition heavy. That's what bothered me. Yeah. I didn't think, I mean, it was so, it wasn't bad, but I could tell that it was, he was trying to like win him over just like, I'm the sad old crippled. Like, I was like, yeah. dude, you're the villain. Like, <laughs> well, the, the other thing that was, that's interesting too about this movie this is the same Mewtwo from Pokemon the first movie. Yeah, no, you were, uh, we were talking about that off mic, like how it shares like almost identically the same story of Mewtwo. Yeah. And it really like, wasn't that like, kind of almost the same shot? Like the way he was like kind of curled up in that Yeah, it's ball? the same shot. It's essentially the same shot. Like, so basically it's the same Mewtwo that at the end of the first movie learns, hey, I don't like humans, but I don't have to kill him and leaves. Uh, <laughs> Thanos. He, throughout the movie is trying, <laughs> first of all, Thanos was right. <laughs> the less purple person in this movie was wrong. Um, <laughs> but um, Mewtwo throughout this movie actually helps humans. Uh, he helps Pokemon and he helps humans multiple times. But um, he, uh, because they say, and it's, I mean, it's the connection they make to the first movie. It's so quick that. I can understand why some people would miss it. There's a scene where they go back to the laboratory where everything, where they find out where the car crash was for this kid's dad. And they basically get these holograms to start playing. And they say, this is, and they go, we, we are using Mewtwo's Mewtwo to harness this energy. He escaped from the Kanto region lab. And I was like, Oh, okay. So it's the same one. This is the same universe. They just made it live action instead of cartoon. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then it's followed up with some of the worst CGI in the movie. None of the CGI on the Pokemon looks bad. Like, they very smartly were just like, hey, make 3D renderings. Put some texturing on it that we can't put in the cartoons. But don't try and make this look like Sonic the Hedgehog level realistic. Which we didn't talk about last week. Oh my god, that thing looks horrible. Thank god they're redoing yeah. it. But the precedent that sets by having fans complain that they tweak the movie. That's a whole other semantic argument. But... Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's the it's the same Mewtwo. It's really cool. And then in the final battle, the Smash Brothers reference is Mewtwo when he's still under control of Bill Nye and Pikachu. They're on a rooftop. Pikachu starts running at him and Mewtwo starts going at him. Um, that rooftop with the backdrop they have on it looks exactly like the Pokemon Trainer level from Super Smash Brothers. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my... It looks identical Holy to crap, it. Holy crap! I missed that. I thought when it's, you texted there's, me, there's an there's there's an ang- it it has to be. It's one shot, and it's at this certain angle, and it lasts for about a second and a half, and then it goes somewhere else, and I was like, that's a Smash Brothers level. Wow. And, yeah, that's perfect that they were both in it, too. Um, yeah. I thought... Because they were the... T- I think they were the only two Pokemon in the first Super Smash Brothers, which is where that level debuted. When I was looking at your notes, because you sent them to me, you said the Smash Brother reference. I mean, I didn't really follow up on it, because I thought, oh... The, the like thunder... I said, dude, second and a half, it's really hard to yeah, catch. Yeah, I thought you were saying, like, the thunder tackle. It, I thought you were going to say, like, it was either the thunder tackle or the fact that, like, they were fighting each other and they both just happened to be in Smash Brothers. Not that they actually recreated yeah. that one shot. That's yeah. actually, You kind of make me want to watch this uh, one more time, like, literally only for that shot. <laughs> I Honestly, I want to watch this movie with you in a setting where we can talk. Because I think it'd be a really neat movie for that, like where me and you could just point out like the tiny little nostalgia bubbles from when we were kids, like when they have they have a Gyarados in the movie, and like I said, that's my favorite Pokemon. And I, what even going into it, I was like, look, I think this movie's gonna suck. 
please just have that in there so I could at least see in good CGI this Pokemon that I've loved. And it doesn't look like they show a Magikarp, and I was like, please have them sniff R, and for some reason it makes them uh, evolve. And then uh, they like kick him out, and Pikachu's like, oh, all you got to do is give him a kick, and he kicks and doesn't do anything. And then out of nowhere it evolves into a Gyarados, and I was like, oh, yay! <laughs> <laughs> I... I thought that was awesome. I thought that was a great way to cap off that that otherwise really phenomenal sequence too. Like um, that was him. For, that was when it they was were fighting. Good. That was, it was the a good sequence, but it was him. also really exposition heavy. Sorry, what? It was a good sequence, but it was also extremely exposition. Well, that's heavy. the whole the whole film. The whole movie's that. The movie yeah. didn't shut up many times. Like there were a couple times, but it's not as bad as Hellboy, where it's like over two hours and every line is exposition oh yeah no it definitely wasn't that bad but um but no the um uh i guess uh a good way to cap this off would just be like one more note that i have is um and i got a question too that i'm gonna ask you <laughs> um but we gotta remember to do these at the beginning of the segments like we used to do i eh, <laughs> well i think it's a good way to tie it off for this one but anyway the the last like note about the film that i have is um um it's just how much credit the producers and the directors, uh, you, you got to give them for just letting this world exist. Like it wasn't so much about, um, setting up like a universe. Like it's, this movie was not preoccupied with setting they up. Don't like, ram it down your throat. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't preoccupied with like trying to establish like, well, not like the world of Pokemon. It, I mean, everyone, it, it was smart in assuming that everybody knows what Pokemon is, but it wasn't yeah. trying to set up like a pokey cinematic universe. And I actually was genuinely like um, a little surprised at the end of it. When I was like, wait, there's no loose ends. This was a complete story. Yeah. This is actually it. There's no indication that there will be a Pikachu too. Like this was a complete start and finish. I haven't had that yeah. in so long. Like we as a whole film going uh, uh, community, like, when it comes to, like, Hollywood films, like, I'm more used to this with, like, independent films. But, like, yeah. coming out of the Hollywood cog machine, this the fact that this was a complete story and it didn't try so hard to set up a universe or a franchise, like, I'm genuinely, like, curious what they're going to do now because this is going to make a lot of money. Um, it's not going to be in-game from what I can tell. Um, we are recording on Saturday, but from what I can tell, it's yeah, not going to when, be. Yeah, when, when I went to see it, it's opening night. They have it in a small theater. Granted, the theater was completely packed, but it's in a small theater, and they still had Endgame in the large theaters, and pretty much everyone there was going to see that movie. Yeah, no, it's not going to beat Endgame. Uh, I, th uh, yeah. I think I think Endgame's going to stay up there for another, like, two weeks until Aladdin. Yeah. Um, but, um, but no, like, the fact that, like, I'm, I, again, I really am genuinely curious, like, what they're going to do, because obviously, like, this will make money, and, like, people will go see Pokemon in real life like they love uh, like yeah. the the novelty of pokemon live action especially with how good they look like this gamble paid off but yeah now the question of like okay well we kind of already established that like especially the way it ends that mewtwo separates pikachu back into physical ryan reynolds by the way i love that he was actually yeah. in the film and then pikachu's just a, a pikachu like it can't be detective pikachu per se because like if they do continue tim's storyline like him deciding hey i got my dad back i want to actually be a trainer now like mm -hmm. 
I mean, it would just need a new title, but like, um, I don't know. Like, I'm, I, again, I'm just really curious what they want to do now, like, because it was such a complete story. Yeah. Only other point I really got on it was it's two. It's kind of two and one. Um, the bad CGI moment that we've been kind of alluding to that we never discussed was Psyduck uses his, I think it's his headache attack or whatever, and he like sends a ripple beam out, and the ground starts like breaking up, and they think it's an earthquake. When they ran through that, I was like, they were the genetic experiment was just getting larger of whatever those turtles were that had like oh yeah yeah terraform on the back of them when they left there i was like those aren't the experiments they're out the door you're about to go to they're going to be insanely huge i didn't think they were the ground but uh, i said that those it's bigger there it's so big you're not going to notice it until it's too late i was that was um, something i was a little but confused that too, cgi yeah. that cgi was hellboy level bad like dude it was awful yeah and that and that's and it's really weird because it's only in that scene yeah the the, the surrounding them in an environment like that yeah they kind of dropped the ball with that but like um yeah. i i was only confused by like the logistics of like them owning that much land that literally like the size of a small town like and there's what like six of them they had enough mm-hmm. land there away from the city to like literally have an earth six earthquake causing level sized Pokemon to just yeah. stand up, stretch their legs, and then they just sit back down. I was like, that's yeah. kind of a big deal, guys. Like <laughs> Yeah. That was kind of crazy. Um But no, I, I do agree that the um it doesn't it, obviously it doesn't ruin the film, but that was just another one of those head scratching moments that keep it from getting sprinkles for me. I was just like it's kind of a big yeah. deal that there's just kind of six Pokemon there that are that big, and then we kind of just never bring it up again. Like, yeah. <laughs> but uh, it's it's a good movie. I'm glad. I am so glad I was wrong about this. Yeah. Like I kept I kept telling you too. I was like, I really don't want to be right, and it's not because it's like I don't want to go in there and be bored and annoyed. It's more of I don't want to hate this movie because I liked it a lot when I was a kid. Like, let me. Honestly, let me leave the way I was feeling, where it's like, awesome. You respected something that I really loved as a kid. You treated it. You treated it with a lot of respect and dignity. Yeah, it's flawed, but you know, it's really hard to make a movie, especially a kids' movie that's not flawed. But awesome. You didn't spit on what I loved as a kid. You treated it with respect. So that's that's why to me it's a half pan. It's like I said, as much as it gets right. It also gets as well. No, I, and through this discussion, I do understand that stance more. Um, and I, my genuinely liking it more than you. Like, um, I, 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 it met, it, it exceeded my expectations too. I was kind of, I was kind of expecting like a 50 50 kind of like you. Like, um, I was expecting more of like a kid's film too. This is way much more of an accessible film than I was expecting. Um, yeah. Like I was saying, the producers did a great job in just respecting the source material in a way and not trying to like i mean there was a lot of exposition but like it wasn't expo- it was plot exposition it wasn't like world building exposition yeah. uh ryan, ryan yeah. is great justice was great uh just i i had a i had a lot more fun with this film than i expected and at the end of the day like same i i was just happy when it was done like um yeah and i'm glad that this exists and i'm it makes me optimistic for whatever pokemon wants to do with warner brothers from for the near future 
Um, yeah, there is no post credit scene too. That was I remember texting you because I was like, I really wonder if they're gonna put one in. There's no post. Oh yeah, I I booked it the second I booked it the second the credit started. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, with that, uh, we're gonna hop into the time machine, go to jolly old England, 1971, to talk about the Stanley Kubrick classic, A Clockwork Orange. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back, everybody. Nick and I just got out of the time machine, and we are in London, England, 1971, and we're going to see the 1971 Stanley Kubrick classic, A Clockwork Orange. It stars Malcolm McDowell, the film that made him a star, even though he ended up not doing too many high-profile things after this film, coincidentally. Um, uh, Before we talk about the film itself, I just want to personally give a little bit of uh, context as to uh the f- when the film came out uh stanley kubrick work was uh was actually just fresh off of uh 2001 a space odyssey and he was uh in the midst of his ongoing project that never got off the ground he wanted to make a napoleon uh a napoleon film uh literally his entire life but that never came to fruition so in a break while trying to uh do the research for this film he was given this book, A Clockwork Orange, which was written by Anthony Burgess, and he fell in love with the book and decided that this was going to be his next film since Napoleon wasn't going anywhere yet. So he penned the screenplay himself, directed the film, and I just, for me, it's real simple for me to give a review of this film. I love it. I think it deserves the moniker of a classic that uh, it typically has. I know it's not up there with um, 2001 or um, a lot of people. I mean, it's an ongoing debate about what your what's your favorite Kubrick film. Like 2001 gets thrown out there a lot. Um, I I personally like this is more or less like my favorite. Um, and there is some subject- subjectiveness to it um, that I can dive into a little more later. But uh, no, I think Malcolm is amazing. I think. Kubrick did a spectacular job adapting this um, with a cool little thing he did at the ending that we can get into later as well. Um, I think it looks incredible. This is as Kubrick as Kubrick gets with his cinematography. Um, I love how 70s future looks. (laughs) Um, Like, because this is set in the future after an unspecified... um, I I always speculate that it's an economic collapse, but... um, Or some sort of social collapse. Um, but yeah, that whole feature design I think looks great. I think all the acting is awesome. I love that it goes fully committed with this kind of um, fake dialogue, like this fake kind of slang and vernacular that they just inherit however many years after this, again, set apocalypse. Um, I don't know. I love the morality of it, um, the moral questions it brings up, and I just, I'm completely, I've been completely enamored with this, and this was probably like i said before like my even more than 10 times i've seen this film so nick you've never seen you've never seen this film before what what did you think are you happy that i let you watch this god no <laughs> uh, god no what it was what are your uh, what are your thoughts <laughs> uh well i think i texted you as i was watching it uh and i was like well, I can see why you like this movie. It's about two minutes in. 
Um, yeah, that was man, that was the I, first text you sent me. Was yeah, this is this is a you movie, like with you in quotations. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like man, here's the thing. I this this is gonna sound almost identical to what I said about Easy Rider. I can see what it did. I can see the changes it brought. I can see how it pioneered certain things. There are things I like in this movie. I did like this better than Easy Rider. Um, but, man, I never want to watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm glad I saw it just so I can be like, yeah, I saw, you know, this classic movie just wasn't for me. Um, man, I... Uh, What's I yes. Well, what's what's well, what stands out to you as the most glaring thing? Is it something in the story? Is it something? It is the most pretentious dialogue I've ever heard in my life. You didn't you didn't like Alex's uh, narration? I wanted to ram my head through a window. <laughs> was it well? Was it like the dialogue itself, or was it like Alex as a character? Like you were just so repulsed by him? No, no, no. It's the it's the dialogue writing. It it is. Okay, so. And in the movies we've discussed that we what we want to do, we've discussed doing the Romeo and Juliet that had Leonardo DiCaprio in it. It sounds a lot like the writing for that, but not done as well to me. Hmm. And it is the most pretentious. Like, I, I this is gonna sound like an insult. Um, well, no, so you, it, no, just what were you thinking? But not not towards you. I'm I'm just saying like towards people in general. Um, this is the movie that someone would see and then be like, oh, so this is what it sounds like when you're a when you're a uh, a deep person who understands philosophy like that. It God. Oh, that fresh. Oh, I know what you're trying to say. Like, um, um. Oh, what was that novel that that person that took that took philosophy their freshman year and thinks they understand all philosophy psychology and sociology in the world no there's a it sounds like that guy yeah there's um oh um oh there was a there was a joke of um uh the catcher in the rye like sounding like that sounding like that guy like you read catcher in the rye and you think you understand the world like (laughs) like yeah like that and the funny thing is that's really the only problem i have with the movie i actually don't mind the horrible things that happen in the movie i don't mind the story structure i don't mind what happens to to like actually they're like i really enjoyed the movie other than my god stop talking like stop <laughs> talking like that well that's dear god it's the most pretentious trite i've garbage i've ever heard like dude you're not deep you're just an annoying 21 year old who needs to get beat with a cane well that ends up well that's kind of what ends up happening to him though like um he still talks like a douche (laughs) after the treatment he still talks like a pretentious douche he okay i can kind of get where you yeah i can kind of get that because like he doesn't he doesn't if they redid if they redid this movie with different dialogue i'd probably love it Really? Just that's yeah. That's all. That's the biggest thing. Like, <laughs> like okay. Well, no. Here's the thing, with okay with this movie. I really like. That's the only thing I remember sitting there like, Jesus, stop. Yeah. Like, there's a rape scene. Like what? Five minutes into this movie? Uh, not 
Oh, yeah, 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 no, 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 the first one, the first one, yeah. I, I don't mind how dark this movie goes. I really don't. I have no problem with the dark, dep- like, okay, let me reword that. Rape is bad. I, <laughs> I don't mind, I don't mind that this movie is dark and then basically just punches you in the jaw with its darkness right at the front to kind of set the tone of what the world is yeah. like. It's because it's, hey, this world is terrible. There are people in it that will uh, take advantage of you and do whatever they want for their own sick, twisted gratification and entertainment. I don't mind that they set up that world. I don't mind. I I don't think I don't have an issue with them showing uh, when he like kicks the guy and throws him in the water. Actually, the music is one of the things I love in this movie, but I actually like a lot of the slow-mo scenes. I'm glad they were in slow motion because it makes it more brutal and kind of comical. But yeah, there is that, there is still that little moments of levity. There's one, the one thing I sent you and I, and the more, the further I got away from the film and the more I could think about it, I sent you the text. Oh my God, there is so much, there is so much notice my directing in this movie. But the further away I got from it, the only reason I really cared was because I was so tired of the writing because it also was noticed my writing. But I didn't really mind, like, a lot of the directing choices. But, oh, my God, the dialogue. I wanted to ram my head through my window and just start screaming. I was like, oh, my God, talk normal. <laughs> I know it's Britain. I know it's the 70s. Nobody talks like it's 1534. I I can see – I can see – what you mean by that like i tried to read uh the book by anthony and it's written it... how old's the book huh how old's the book uh the book i want to i should have had that up here um i want to say the book is from 68 i want to say like it's not it wasn't okay so it's not it's not like 1500s old no 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 no. Uh, the dialogue that he made up for this was um it was like a combination of like british slang and like i want to say russian slang too i i I mean that might be wrong feel free to fact check me on that um but no he made this up and uh like the vernacular is um not so much like the delivery of the dialogue i think is what you're trying to say like everybody's delivering in a kind of that Shakespearean kind of like stereotype stage actor kind of way. Cause like the dialogue. Yeah. Why wasn't Shatner? In I this? mean, the dialogue, I mean, sure. Some of the, some of the words are kind of old timey um, or like pseudo old timey. The sentences um, are old timey. 62. That's 62 like, is when this came out. Yeah. Like, God, my God, man. I just like five minutes in, I was like, all right, I'm going to hate this. Like, but the reason the reason I could see why you liked it is because like why it was a you movie was because, you know, our our opening isn't really I mean, it's a joke, but it's not just a joke. You're the film student with a film degree and I'm the guy with a VCR. I'm the guy who's just the general like regular guy that just likes movies as a and likes talking about them as a hobby. You're the artsy guy. And, like, just watching it, I was like, this is an artsy movie. I get why Dan likes well, this. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it helped. I mean, I'm tr- uh, how can I? I'm trying to phrase this, like, I'm not sure how to phrase it, but, like, yeah, I mean, I do share some of those stereotypical tendencies. Like, that's why, like, I'm trying to work in this industry as well uh, here in the city. Um, 
because I did naturally gravitate towards these kind of films. Like, um, and there are some cool things that I just personally believe that like an Artur, when Arturs were allowed to have studio money, like in the seventies, like, like how Ridley Scott was paid yeah. by Fox to do alien and how, Thanks um, for ruining it, Heaven's Gate. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad you know that movie. <laughs> that uh, so, like I said, one of my favorite movie reviewers is the Cinemastom. He did a three-part series on that movie. Well, you have you have to because that ins- movie's three and a half hours long. Like <laughs> that movie is insane. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, yeah, there's a part where he blew up a horse, and I'm pretty sure you can still see it in the movie. No, that's oh my gosh, that'd be a great time machine. Um, but anyway, like. We'd have to dedicate a week to that movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, like, but no, I just like naturally this is just the kind of film that like I gravitated to her because while I don't mind the Hollywood machine, like some Holly, and I'm using finger quotes, audio listeners. Um, what's he's doing it with his toes? Don't let him lie. <laughs> like this is the kind of film though that like I kind of like more because it doesn't like. There's things in, like, a standard Hollywood film that, like, I see as, like, um, just kind of commonalities that, like, all Hollywood films have that kind of just are generic and just uninspired and um, just nothing really boundary-pushing in or boundary-pushing in the wrong ways that, like, I don't like to look for in a movie. Like, this is the kind of film that, like, it, I guess this would be the time for me to uh, to get in the subjectiveness of like when I first saw this film, because uh, I first saw this film when I was uh, in high school, I I went to a DVD store and uh, yes, we didn't have streaming when I was in high school. I'm not that young. <laughs> um, yeah, all you whippersnappers were like, oh yes, I've had an iPad. Or why am I doing that in old person voice? <laughs> I've had an iPad since I was since I was in kindergarten, dude. We barely learned how to type on computers in first grade. Yeah, we had Oregon Trail still. <laughs> we were yeah. like the tail end of Oregon Trail. <laughs> the Dewey Decimal System wasn't Googleable. Yeah. <laughs> uh, via so I went to a DVD store. I found it, and I just I want to say I was fifth when i first saw this like sophomore year or maybe it was freshman year um but no i knew in the back of my mind that granny b's what store let you buy this movie when you were 15 it was um an fye oh yeah the one in greenwood yeah i I was in greenwood and um i dude that one was i went to the fye and i bought it there they didn't they didn't care they were just like you got you got the 12 bucks i was like yep so there's some guy there's some guy working behind the counter that's so high he doesn't understand that he has skin. <laughs> I may have been that guy, but um so I saw that <laughs> you were behind the counter. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, so the uh uh so I go home and I and I watch it and I just this and I in the back of my mind I knew cuz I brought it up to my mom like um at one point and she was like, "Oh, I remember that film. That film is so vile. Um, something, something along those lines. And um, <laughs> I just was so blown away by it because I never saw a film with assault before. Um, I never saw a film with dialogue like this before. I, I may have... By the way, thanks for the lack of heads up on that. Oh. <laughs> I just knew I... <laughs> that it was kind of a rough and dark movie. And then like five minutes in, they're like, no, they're going to rape somebody and they're going to do it while whistling to singing in the rain. I was like, 
What? Fun fact about that. No, actually, no. That's the second rape scene. The first one isn't even that. It's just some lady being brutally attacked in, like, an auditorium. I was like, what is happening in this movie? She got rescued. She also, got rescued why did they least, open though. the movie? Also, why did they open the movie with them drinking milk at a bar? Well, the milk was laced <laughs> with drugs. Um, the... The milk was, oh. yeah, the milk was... See, maybe if they dialed... Maybe if they dumbed down the dialogue, I could have caught that. <laughs> instead of being pretentious. No, the... Um, um, I can't remember verbatim what uh, the drug was, but, like, he says um, at the Corova Milk Bar, uh, they get, like, the special milk, something like that. Um, but, yeah, uh, okay. it was, like, laced or had, like, alcohol in it. It was, it was not just straight-up milk. Um, if it had if it had alcohol in it, it's it's a white Russian it, from Big Lebowski. <laughs> um, so then, anyway, the uh, so I watched the movie and I never saw it. Before, I never saw a movie like again like this before, and I think it was my first Kubrick film because I'm I'm thinking about it now. Um, I didn't see Eyes Wide Shut back then. I didn't see full. Well, I, I think I saw Full Metal Jacket like maybe senior year. I saw um, I saw Full Metal Jacket in college. I think that was my first Kubrick one was metal jacket i saw that in college and... oh no it was strange love strange love was my first kubrick film Ooh, okay i take that back strange love was the first one i saw then i didn't know he directed yeah that. dr strange love was my first kubrick film and then i saw this um and slowly i ended up seeing all the rest of his films from there but no um i was so blown away by this though because i was so i was so wrapped up in like uh the the dialogue it was just so unique to me and i loved malcolm's performance like i said and um I actually wanted to uh, show this to a girl as a date film, and <laughs> stupid me at the time. What is wrong with you? Yeah, stupid me thought that she would appreciate cinema, or this film in particular, and like, we could connect on classic cinema like this, and it obviously didn't go well. <laughs> was it a... Uh... I'm not telling you on mic who it was. <laughs> I, I'll, I, if, we, if I tell you while we record, I'll text you. But no, I'm not saying on my. No, tell me when we stop recording, because I think I know which one, it, which girl it yeah, is. Yeah, I'm. No, I will never say. I will never say this girl's name on mic. <laughs> but, um. So then, anyway. Um, what? 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 What the hell's wrong with you, man? Why would you want to show us as a date movie? I told. I just said freshman year. I thought that I could. Can, hey, uh, do you want to come watch Clockwork Orange, and then maybe we can ride around town and shoot puppies with a gun? <laughs> <laughs> No, it was well. well no, maybe, it was maybe drown some kittens in the canal. What is wrong with you, it was man? Se- it was senior year. Um, I, I I'll clear I'll clarify that it was senior year, and um. Okay, then I don't know who it was. No, it was senior year. Um, we'll we'll get more into the details later. But yeah, it was senior year. I'd seen the film a couple times, and I thought that I could connect with this girl with this film. But um, but anyway, no. A terrible idea. <laughs> I, I I was I was dumb in high school. <laughs> Um, but then anyway, um, so that's kind of like where my subjective kind of side of rewatching this now comes from. But uh, let's get into like the actual like uh, the plot of the film. Uh, for anybody that just wants to hear us talk about this film but hadn't watched the film or using this to kind of guide you as to whether they should or shouldn't watch the film. Basically, like I said, it's after some sort of social or economic collapse. And Alex is the head of this gang and there's other gangs in London as well. That go around beating people up, stealing things, stealing money, and assaulting people until they there's... beat the daylights out of a homeless guy. Yeah, that was that was that was rough, and that's him talking was where I kind of infer some sort of col- that uh, it's kind of a, an economic collapse or social collapse. Like I, I keep not I, something like that. 
because obviously yeah. it's there's a huge divide between like rich people and poor people because alex alex lives in such too. a like his clothes weren't all that tattered he just had a five o'clock shadow and was drunk like he looked newly homeless yeah like but like nowhere looks good like london looks like crap and alex lives in a crappy building well, I mean, to be honest, it just looks like London because it's overcast and rainy the entire but time. But there's so much crap everywhere on the grounds. Like, uh, or maybe, maybe the film again. It's London. Maybe the film takes place. There's a lot of people there. Well, maybe, maybe the film takes place during like, a, like a wasteman strike or something. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's uh, like that episode of The Simpsons where they just have a mountain of garbage around. Their yeah. House. Um. So crime is so crime is obviously an enormous problem. Um. Mm. What? Sorry. This movie takes place post Thanos' snap. <laughs> Marvel, it's part of the MCU. But the world, in a way, got a little bit, well, got a little bit better. Like low key, it kind of got a little bit better. But let's stay with Clockwork Orange. Um, so um, there's a power struggle in the film where um, some of his guys are wondering about like Alex's leadership, and Alex beats the crap out of the out of dim and the other one i can't remember his name he, he cuts one of their hands that too. was dim's hand he kicks he kicks uh georgie into the water and then throws dim into the water and then cuts dim's hand so yeah then on another night later on when they um i'm skipping over the i'm skipping over the writer and that woman because that scene i i have a note for that later so then anyway that was a brutal scene. Yeah, I have a I have a note about that though. Um, that's kind of interesting. The so then uh, that power struggle comes back up again when Alex murders the cat lady with that giant um, uh, with the giant with the giant phallus. Let's call it. <laughs> he caves her skull in with a with a statue of a penis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the cat lady yoga instructor whatever. Um, yeah, she's got that statue and he murders her with it. But then when he's trying to escape because he hears the cops, that's when everybody turns on him. They hit him in the face with a glass of milk. Does he get glass in his eye? Because they just smack him in the face with a bottle of milk and he starts rolling on the ground. I was like, uh, is there glass in his eye? Why is he kind of immobilized? Well, I, well, he got milk in his eyes, which I don't want to have milk in my eyes. I'm sure it hurts. <laughs> but yeah, he probably got glass or something in his eyes. Because, I mean, that thing shattered. So... Yeah, I, that was my thought. I was like, I don't think milk would hurt so much that it incapacitates you. Yeah, well, I mean, he had the cut on his nose, too. Yeah. Um, so then anyway, um, he gets sent to jail, but then he gets selected for this experimental treatment where... He doesn't get selected. He he basically, like, tells a doctor or tells a doctor in his therapy that he's interested in this treatment and then kind of forces them to pick him. Yeah by his behavior yeah so he gets taken um and it's the um i'm gonna pronounce his name wrong i'm trying to i'm gonna pull it up here in a sec if i can find my mouse uh he get, but anyway he gets taken to do this um basically like uh a, like a behavioral therapy but like more extreme um they you ever saw the opening to robot chicken this is where that's from. Yeah, literally that. Like, it's been parodied so many times, uh, where he's strapped down to the chair, and he's forced to watch the videos of atrocities, like, simulated and not, um, to the sound of Ludwig von Beethoven, which... Um, we, Who he loves. Yeah, he admires music as much as he admires just being a delinquent. So, what the experiment does is make it so whenever he... Um, 
the sexual aspect of it was kind is actually kind of unclear to me like if it's only if he sees somebody naked or if he has any kind of thoughts about sexual nature or things like that that make him sick um but then any kind of violence as well makes him sick like even if he is in a position where he has to defend himself like he didn't instigate the violence just any violence around him at all or any kind of sexual things uh around him he gets physically ill so then the rest of the film is kind of payback um he gets sent back home uh his family can't keep him in his house and the person that's renting out his room calls him a pos and uh basically like he can't be he can't in a really lengthy pretentious dialogue scene uh that i love that scene uh the how painful that was for his parents to tell him that he can't stay and then that guy is that guy was a jerk i mean like again i get where he comes from but just that stigma of just like oh you went to jail you can't reform even though i mean yes he did murder people but like no he murdered one he murdered people, or, well, one person that we are aware of in the film. Uh, but he assaulted multiple, it's, it's alluded that he multi, assaulted multiple people. He clearly stole from a lot of people, too. And he would t- yeah. have a tendency to beat up a lot of people, too. Like, just... He also wore really stupid-looking makeup. Oh, I love that eye. That, that the one <laughs> eye, oh, that's such an iconic look. But, like, I, again, I get where the guy came from, but, like, just that stigma of just, like, you can't be reformed. I don't believe it. And he even sees Alex get sick, but I'm I'm annoyed that he wasn't wearing a monocle. Yeah, <laughs> you would. You're kind of reform, yeah. You would think with the way he was talking. Um, so <laughs> then he go. So he's walking the streets. He sees the homeless guy. The homeless guy is able to like beat him up a little bit, and it gets a whole gang of homeless guys to beat him up. Yeah, he beats him up. He beats him up, and then gets a, or no, no, no. He realizes who he is, and he starts walking away. And he goes, "That's the guy." And I was like, "Do they just have like a?" support group why do all the homeless guys know each other and they're like that's the guy that beat me up and then they start beating him up and then some cops show up and they turn out to be his former friend yeah drew why are they now cops well that's that's why i texted you back i texted you back immediately because like the fact that without alex like that was kind of a beautiful little nuanced moment in this film to me because uh alex had to go to jail to get reformed but then that's the question of did he really get reformed um but i'll 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 say my rant about about that at the end, but basically, it's amazing to me that um, when he gets saved by the cops, it turns out to be Dim and Georgie, and they get now have their chance to get revenge on him. So they take him into um, I don't know where I don't know how they knew about this or if they set up that bathtub all preemptively, (laughs) but basically they like half drown him and like punch him while he's being half drowned. I was gonna say they're probably just that's probably where they take people to take advantage of their power and like assault them, rape them, mug them or kill them. Or in this case, try to drown them. Well, see, I didn't read, I don't read into it like that. I feel, I feel like that may have just been somewhere that they happen to know of and they could finally get their revenge on him. Cause like I, I, I took, I take it as, especially when Dim is talking to him, like, Oh, after you went away, uh, we went off and joined the li- police, or whatever, however the vernacular is, but uh, we went off and joined the police, got ourselves straight. and But now they get this opportunity to get revenge on this negative influence on their lives that ho- held them back for God knows how long. So they then, uh, he they let him go because they know they can't kill him. And then he stumbles onto the house of the woman that he assaulted and crippled uh, her husband, uh, at the start of the film, the singing in the rain scene, 
and yeah. uh, kind of streamlining it a little bit. He realizes who Alex is. He calls the people, he calls uh, doctors who are associated with uh, the experiment, and he basically like bribes them into spilling what it would take to make Alex so sick that he'd want to kill himself. And so they blast Ludwig von Beethoven after drugging him. By the way, while acting like he's trying to get revenge on Alex the entire time, and Alex is like, this is good spaghetti, this is good wine, nom, 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 nom. Like, he's gonna, he's gonna kill you. Yeah, Alex definitely... Or he's gonna drug you, and then you're gonna face plant into the spaghetti, which you do. Well, at first, the, the writer brings up the point that I was bringing up about the morality of the film, like, what... Who was more evil? If he doesn't who was have more evil, free will. Yeah, who was more evil? Alex just... I mean, Alex, yeah, did evil things, but, like, he had free will. He had... He... I mean, yeah, he was acting out of his reptilian brain, but taking that away from somebody, like, taking away the free will to force them to become, in the words of the scientist when they first introduce him, he is... He is a perfect Christian. He is a perfect citizen. Like, w w that's just as wrong. And, like, that's what the film proposes, like, free will and the human experience. Like, no matter how you carry your life, like, that's as wrong to take that away from somebody as a way of reform as it is for the person to just commit crimes in general. Like, the crimes themselves, like, that's not so much the question. It's, uh... And I, 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 mean, I hadn't personally, like, had, I don't know, again, at the time, subjectively, like, I was really blown away by that at the time when I watched it. And I still think the story holds up with all these subsequent viewings that I've had. Um, but, I mean, like, does, uh, what did you think of that um, once, you real once that came into play, like, that morality question? Like, um, I'm guessing you weren't quite as uh, captivated by that as I was, necessarily. Well, it, it it didn't come off as compelling, but not because it's not compelling, but because I've I've heard that and I've seen that in so many other movies and TV shows, where I looked at or I was like, oh, this is where they got it. Um, but I was like, you're you're hitting it. Compared to what I've seen, you're hitting it heavy-handed, but you were the one to originate it. So I don't blame you for that, because it was your idea. You're not elaborating on an idea. You're having the idea. Yeah, kind of, so, kind of like watching like. Um... I didn't. I didn't mind. I honestly, I didn't mind it. I, I do like the, what's more monstrous, having someone commit these horrible acts, or or no no no. It wasn't even really like what's more monstrous. It was more of well is he really cured because you didn't take away his free will to want to do the stuff. You just made it so that if he does it, he has terrible repercussions immediately on himself. And that to me was pretty captivating because it's like, yeah, what technically constitutes a cure? Do you d cure the disease of the mental illness that he has? Or do you just make him afraid to continue doing it? Yeah. That's it's like you could it's it's like looking at it like hey you're a cocaine addict we can work with you and put you through therapy and help you understand why you have these issues that lead to you abusing this drug or 
and, and that might work, but there's a good chance you might relapse. Or you snort a line, I'm gonna shoot you in the foot. Yeah. No, that's a that's so a that's a yeah. one might be more effective because you don't want to get shot in the foot, but are you really curing him, or are you making it so that he's gonna try and hide and repress his urges, desires, and needs more, and then it kind of bursts through at a certain point. Yeah. So the way that the um, it's like like the uh. Honestly, it made me think of that. Remember that Family Guy where Meg asks Lois how she handles Peter, and she goes, "Oh, I just repress it," and then it zooms in on her brain, and it's just this uh, thing in her brain that talks like Peter and goes, "I'm a tumor. I'm a tumor. <laughs> I'm a tumor. I'm a tumor. I'm a tumor. Yeah. I'm a tumor. I'm a tumor. I'm a tumor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, oh! I'm a tumor." Um. So then, yeah, the uh, eventually that stuff blows up. Yeah. No, that's a that's an interesting take on that. Um. But the but anyway the the actual... see I can be in depth and smart. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want to hear a movie talk to me all pretentiously. <laughs> um, so then anyway the last moments of the film, um, Alex is driven mad by listening to Ludwig Van because like he can't have Ludwig in his life anymore either, and that's really a, a kind of a tragedy in itself too. So he just he gets to the point where he just wants to end it all. He jumps out the window. It makes the news that the, the that by the by the way did um did you have a like oh my god this is the end of the cable guy moment oh um the first time I <laughs> no the first time well I I know what you're saying but a moment like that where I thought he did die like I did I did think he died at first but in this instance like cable guy I kind of wish he did die. But in this case, I'm kind of glad he didn't, because now um, we see. I mean, he did break a lot of bones. He uh, he made he made the news when he was released, and now he made the news again. And now the company's in trouble, so they want to settle with him, like ki- like kiss his feet, like do whatever he wants to keep him from like suing them. So mm-hmm. they shower him with flowers, and like they tell him they're they're gonna get it reversed. They bring in these speakers with the press to blast Ludwig Van, and then the final shot of the film. I guess something comes over him where he can just feel that it's not working anymore. Like it looked like he was kind of seizing up, honestly. <laughs> but then it cuts to this dream shot where all these people dressed up in like hoity-toity, like winter gear, are around him, uh, and it's snowing outside, and he is just going at it with this girl in the snow and the last line of the film oh i was cured all right and then it ends and i want and i want to mention that that is not how the book ends um i think i texted you this but the film ends there because kubrick wanted it to end there and there was some publications of the book that did end there but in london like when it first came out the book had a whole nother chapter that explored uh, how, after the fact, Alex did think about what happened to him and did end up reforming himself and becoming a better person. He started going to church. Um, I think he, or I think he went, started going to church. I haven't, like I said, I haven't read the book, but I've read a summation of that chapter. But in a way, but that adds another layer of it to. Well, okay. Well, I guess it did kind of work, 
so it's interesting like if they did go that way but to me i think the film has a brilliant ending in itself in the way of that it just alex ends up getting back to normal but i mean he's still he's still presumably a monster but um because it doesn't outright say that he was fixed like the book does so i mean what did you think of uh, it resolving with him kind of being uncured <laughs> the last shot of the movie is exactly how the bizarre thing should have ended <laughs> just it's like wow that was weird and then it just went to credits um the uh i mean i know when it was done you said it was like you're glad it was done but like narratively like i mean did that work for you like the way it ended like with a uh, kind of throwing the company under the bus and then like like, what did you kind of take away from the ending? Like, when it was done, like, outside of just, like, thank God it's over. Like, <laughs> uh, I don't I don't think it would have benefited from continuing the story in any kind of way. You think you think Cooper so did think, the right thing? I think the ending it gives is that in the movie is the kind that it would need. Like, if it would have continued with the ending that was in the book, it would have been Lord of the Rings, where it's like, oh, my God, play the credits. You already ended. <laughs> yeah. Um. The one thing I did want to mention before we wrap this up, though, um, about that first assault with uh, the singing in the rain, Kubrick is known for being a notorious, like, painstakingly nitpicky with all his shots, uh, his writing, set design. Like, he uh, he won the Oscar for Best Visual Effects for uh, 2001 instead of the Visual Effects Department because he was so hands-on with the team that they allowed him to represent, like, the visual effects of the film itself. <laughs> So um, what's really fascinating about this with the singing in the rain scene is that they had tried it without him singing, but something just wasn't working. So Malcolm came up with the idea of Alex singing and just having and it kind of working with like, oh, he loves music and he loves doing this. So why wouldn't he be singing while this happens? So they tried it out and Kubrick was fine with it. And he let that be in the film. So Singing in the Rain was not supposed to be a part of the film. I'm more uncomfortable. <laughs> that's a really hard scene. Like, that's great and all. That's a rape scene, dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not, it's really, I'm not trying it's to. It's going to be really hard to walk up to somebody and be like, hey, nice rape scene. Like, dude, at the end of the day, that's a really hard scene. To no, watch. and I'm not trying to make light of it or like try to like say that i like enjoyed quote unquote that scene but um because no it really is like and it's amazing how it's amazing how well the film still holds up like with you don't like see that much like you see him use the scissors to like declothe her but um i could see you that scene's happening and then whatever that girl is if you convince her to watch that movie with you be like hey did you know that scene in the rain wasn't supposed to be in this movie she's like can you shut up this is a terrible idea to watch this movie (laughs) It was, well, I mean, surprisingly, she was, like, she didn't, like, I think she kind of just put up a front, but, like, after the fact, like, when we were talking about it, like. Wait, did you watch it? Yeah, no, we did. Well, I said at first, like, it went, it went about as good as you would expect. Like, it definitely wasn't what she was expecting, but, like. I thought you brought it up and she's like, no. No, we did watch it, yeah. Oh, my God. No, and, like. I think she put up a front for some of it, but, like, it wasn't as terrible as it could have gotten. 
um, I got an even better story about how um, the 40-year-old virgin, when I showed that to people when I was living in Florida, and literally we stopped watching the movie 30 minutes in because nobody was laughing. Like, that went, that was worse than this Clockwork Orange date I had. Um, but I, I realize in hindsight that that was not a great choice. Um, even though the same person, the next week we saw Black Swan together. So, um, which is a more accessible film than this film, I think. You've seen Black Swan, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> There's just so many bad choices being discussed right now. <laughs> not trying to get too much into my personal life i'm just exposing the subjectiveness i have the how this film has played a role in my life as long as it has we should do a dating podcast called hey dan what did you do never do this people <laughs> anyway final final thoughts on the film um i still love this film i give it a uh, full bounty plan with sprinkles i i just I think this is definitely like up there as like as Kubrick's best, if not one of his best. Like his resume is kind of small to begin with, but um, I definitely put it up there with um, Paths of Glory, two thousand one. Um, I mean, I, again, like if you look at his resume, you you understand how the top ten Stanley Kubrick films when he's made like twelve. <laughs> but um, no, I I hold this film in high regard. I have a special place in my heart for this film. Still, I love Malcolm McDowell. I think Kubrick's one of the best directors of, of all time. And uh, I, I don't regret making you watch this movie. And I may make, I may have you watch another artsy film just because I love discussions like this. <laughs> it's half a pan. I can't elaborate. My God, man. <laughs> I'm never asking you for a, like, Hey, me and Kelsey need a date night. What movie should we watch? I'm never doing that again. <laughs> You didn't watch. Oh my god! You didn't, watch, you didn't watch this with Kelsey, did you? Thankfully not. Okay, I just I just wanted to have that on the record. <laughs> no, she uh, she had finals this week, um, so thankfully her her school's all done. But yeah, she had finals this week, so I didn't really see. Okay, her. gotcha. All right. Well, with that, we're gonna hop back into the time machine, go back to 2019, and let you know what we're doing next week. All right, we're back. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us on another episode of Brownie Points. As always, we got to thank our provider of music, Isla Marfin from Fugay. Thank you so much for your music. We really appreciate it on the show. Next, We're also not convinced it's pronounced Fugay. We think it might be Fug! <laughs> With the emphasis on, on, the, on the pitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, next week... Uh, Nick and I are going to be going to the theaters to see the epic conclusion of the John Wick trilogy, John Wick 3 Parabellum. Nick, for the time machine, it's your choice. Where are we going to be going? We are going to go back to 2005. We're going to see a movie that, uh, shockingly, I've never seen before. We're going to see uh, Wedding Crashers. The That film, I, I can't remember... The first time I watched it, I'm pretty sure I, I'm pretty sure I may have rented it, or I know I don't own it, but um, it's definitely been a long time since I've seen this film. It probably was before the 2010s happened that I've seen this film uh, since. Yeah. So yeah, it's gonna be fun to revisit it. Uh, if you want to watch it with us, uh, Netflix, you found it on, right? 
Yeah. All like, right. Literally hopped on Netflix and I was like, oh crap, I need to pick a time machine movie. <laughs> hey, I've been looking for a reason to watch this. <laughs> well, Let's I, do this one. I'm excited to revisit it um, because I remember back in the day um, that buddy buddiness between Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. I mean, maybe it was just a spark in the pan for the that came out of this film, but um, they did that Google internship film too a couple years later. Yeah, um, the intern. Oh, that's what, or wait, or what's internship something? Yeah. Internship. Cause the intern was when, uh, Robert De Niro was working with Anne Hathaway at some yeah. fashion website or something. I know how to work with computers. <laughs> I can't see the screen cause I'm squinting. <laughs> um, right. $40 million well, dollar movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's what we got coming, coming to you next week. Uh, John Wick 3 Parabellum and Wedding Crashers. Um, you can find us uh, on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts. Please leave us a review. Please uh, leave us a star rating. Uh, share us with everybody that you know that would enjoy this. Um, anything. Share our Facebook page. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of that, uh, Nick, I talked where we are audio-wise. Where are we social media-wise? Uh, most active on Facebook, Variety Points Guide to Cinema. Best way to know it's us is our show logo, the bowl of popcorn with the brownie. Uh, also, Twitter, we're getting kind of better at that. Uh, we're trying to use hashtags more to be more popular on there. Uh, that one is at brownie underscore cinema. Uh, same logo for the picture. Uh, we're also on YouTube, Brownie Points Guide to Cinema. We upload every episode as a YouTube video. Just use the logo as the video portion. Um, and then, you know, if you want to listen to us on there, connect to our Chromecast, listen to us say <laughs> through your TV surround sound system. Um, also give us a email, brownypointsguidetocinema at gmail.com. Again, here's my weekly apology for kind of being awful at writing an email address, but just type us in once. We'll be saved to your contacts. All right. And with that, that's all we got. We will see you next week when we go to the Continental, get our guns, enjoy John Wick, and go crash a wedding. We'll see you next week, guys. Let's go, Blues! I actually wanted to uh, show this to a girl as a date film, and (laughs) stupid me at the time. What is wrong with you?